in, essentially like I didn't really have a desire to come out publicly like on social media and TikTok kind of outed me in a way like you know how scary their algorithms are and they actually just told me they're like so you're gonna be on this list of 25 LGBTQ whatever and I'm like oh that's awesome and they're like you're gonna you know there's gonna be a magazine interview blah 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 and and you know if I turned it down and said don't include me then that would have been it but I was like you know at the time I even said like I don't know if I'm comfortable with this like can you position me as like an ally or something because I didn't know at the time like what I have but then over time I just kind of was like whatever Gay in America is an oral history podcast sharing experiences of gay people from all orientations, backgrounds, and ages in America. Our goal is to inspire each other to live our best gay lives and help us all understand that our shared experiences unite us as a community. Today's guest is a gastroenterologist in Pennsylvania who was one of the first in the medical professions to learn how to use the power of social media to deliver accurate healthcare information to a new digital generation. Coming from a conservative Asian family, he had a few personal mountains to climb to become a physician, corporate executive, and social media influencer. Let's dive into a story. Hi, I'm Austin Chang. I am a physician in Philadelphia. I am 37. And I straddle two different worlds of academia as well as med tech and a little bit of social media as well. The decision to go into medicine was sort of, I feel like, ingrained in me since childhood. Parents involved me in volunteering activities and I felt like I had this urge to want to do something with patients and I'd always had an interest in the sciences as well so it kind of combined the interest of wanting to have that sort of patient encounter and an interest in science. His parents may have influenced him to get into medicine but finding a specialization. It was sort of a discovery process through my medical training because I didn't know that 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 was what I wanted to do initially and I thought I wanted to do something procedural I and ultimately settled on gastroenterology because uh, there's a wide variety of different organ systems and a lot of innovation happening in that field so uh, I thought it would be a good fit within gastroenterology I am an advanced endoscopist so I went through additional training to do more complex procedures a lot of it has to do with the pancreas the bile duct system, but also did another fellowship in endoscopic weight loss. So these are weight loss procedures done through the mouth rather than through the skin. So it's very procedural. It's not just colonoscopies and IBS. It's a lot of dealing with complications of cancers and other issues like that. So Austin is pretty good at medicine, but he's also a social media star with a combined 690,000 followers across Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, and Facebook. So social media has always been kind of a side interest of mine. You know, I grew up in this social media generation, and Facebook came out my freshman year in college, so I was the target demographic for that launch. I kind of going through my medical training realized that social media could be a great tool to reach 
the general public. And so I started taking it seriously as a professional tool about a decade ago. Time, there were very few believers in social media and healthcare and that intersection. But I noticed that what I was tweeting out, I was, Twitter was my main platform at the time. There would be some patients and others who would actually be there listening or, you know, engaging. Initially, he just proved the concept would work. But then... Over time, I also sort of introduced it to my field and a lot of my colleagues started getting on social media and it's become like a great networking tool, a great educational tool. And my main focus was always trying to speak to what I was trained to talk about in an accurate way so that there would be less garbage on the internet and more accurate information. And so then I went on other, all the other different platforms as they were kind of rolled out. Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, and really embraced each one for its qualities and and its communities. From there, it just sort of took off and um, started a nonprofit called the Association for Healthcare Social Media, which was meant to educate health professionals in how to use social media effectively and responsibly. I no longer lead that organization, but through that experience, partnered with a lot of the main social media platforms and they would give us tools to educate my colleagues on how to use social media well. But it was Dr. Chang who figured out what works. I try to package the content, kind of medical knowledge in a way that is digestible and accessible and fun. That's really my goal. I feel like, you know, there's ways to convey information that isn't just throwing data at people. It, it can be fun and interesting. And, you know, I'm by no means the only person doing this at this point. I feel like there are a lot of people who are doing a great job on social media, but that's really the angle that I go at it with. His content isn't always specifically oriented towards the LGBTQ community, but he does believe his efforts make a positive difference for that community. I've been able to share my own story and hopefully have an impact on others through that. And then kind of with my current roles as a physician, as an educator uh, in academia, as corporate executive at a big Fortune 500 company, I felt it was important to also just be there for representation and to show that this isn't getting in the way of my career aspirations. It's still, in fact, actually complementing what I'm doing. He's a busy man. How does he make time for it all? <laughs> Uh, I think it's always just a constant reprioritization and shuffling of the cards. I think that I wouldn't be doing some of these things if they weren't truly interests of mine and things I was passionate about. And so that keeps me going because it's a lot of what I do is fun and sometimes doesn't even feel like work. <laughs> was his drive to succeed related to being a sexual minority? Oh, a thousand percent. You know, I think that part of this drive and ambition was compensatory and was in a way kind of trying to prove that like, okay, if, if I can just do better from a career perspective, prove everyone wrong, show that I can get places and achieve things, you know, yeah, in some ways it's validating in ways that I wasn't validated, you know, from a sexual orientation perspective. And and I'm happy to see that, you know, the climate has changed a lot over the years. But I think if I rewind 20 years ago when I was in college and going through all of that, that was definitely a big motivator for me. 
Like many of us, his coming out story began early in life. I don't know the exact you know age, but I'd say maybe five or six is my guess. I don't think I did it. I didn't think I admitted it to myself at the time. You know, I don't, I don't think I admitted it to myself until I was well into college. What were the signs? I don't know if I felt like different per se. I just, you know, I definitely had certain interests. I don't mean to like stereotype, but like interest in the arts and things like that. And, and yeah, I guess that was probably different from some of my peers in school, but it never, I guess I never put two and two together, like with the label. And uh, yeah, it wasn't until later that I actually, you know, had to come to terms with that. I wondered how his family took the news. Um, It was a little bit rough. You know, my parents are conservative-minded Asian parents, not politically, but just, you know, conservative in terms of like how they culturally were raised. And I think that I was born here in the U.S., but then we moved abroad to Taiwan. And that move kind of didn't allow them to see a lot of the progress that was happening here in the U.S. at the time when I was going through all of that as a teenager. When it came time to have those conversations, coming out, etc., it was, I feel like the coming out process was not very straightforward for me. It was kind of evolution over years and years of, you know, just constant conversation, denial, bits and pieces of acceptance, and then kind of just moving the needle further and further along. So Austin didn't really come out. Instead, he slowly leaked out. (laughs) yeah i guess you could say so yeah even with friends i chose like some friends to talk about this openly with and others not and yeah it took time for me to like fully come out i'd say at what point was he able to just be out to friends yes i would say probably towards the end of medical school i've been in a relationship so it was kind of like in some ways i i had to but then I feel like in the workplace, that was a different story. I tried to keep you know, my personal life very private and, uh, and I was going through medical training and you know, I still had this kind of notion in the back of my mind that it could somehow get in the way of career progression. And yeah, it was only until very recently, I'd say that I was much more comfortable about putting myself out there and having been on social media and kind of built uh, a little bit of a public presence, I also kind of waited a very long time until I actually spoke openly about that. And I I don't recall exactly which year it was that I started talking about it openly, but maybe two, three years ago. So yeah, still quite recent. But was it really a secret? Oh, absolutely. I'm sure everyone knew. Well, you know, in some ways, when I was in college, you know, I went to Duke for undergrad. And um, at the time, you know, Duke was not as progressive then as it is now. And and so I think that maybe there was less of an assumption then, to a certain degree. There are definitely moments now that I look back and I'm like, of course, everyone probably knew. (laughs) He said earlier that he knew from a young age that he was different. But I wondered when his first real gay experience occurred. Gosh, this is getting very personal. (laughs) Um, I would say, well, you know, it depends on how you define gay experience, I suppose. But I would say that when I was in high school, just coming to terms and having my first conversation with like someone else about our sexuality, like that was 
that was senior year of high school. And that was sort of the beginning of exploring kind of being gay. Being gay in America can be a pretty negative experience. Ooh. You know, I feel like I try to block out a lot of those memories. <laughs> I'm sure like many others, bullies along the way or friendships that have been broken because of this, parts of the coming out experience with my own family were difficult. And even today, there's still struggles with, you know, that identity and, and navigating this community because we all know it's not easy. <laughs> it, it's, it can be difficult, especially like I think today where a lot of it feels like it's under threat, I think that's even harder. Nevertheless, being gay also has its rewards. I mean, I've had several relationships and I've learned a lot from those relationships. I I don't think that anything is entirely positive or negative with those. But personally, those experiences have been very fruitful and character building. At the same time, I feel like I've gotten a lot of gratification through being kind of recognized by a lot of gay organizations and working with gay organizations. So for the longest time, I always admired what the Trevor Project was doing. And finally, when I got a chance to kind of work with them and kind of be a little bit of an ambassador for them through TikTok at the time, that was really fun. It was I was so excited to finally be able to, you know, lend my voice to that cause. And then two years ago, Glad actually, there was another kind of TikTok uh, award that they I was nominated for through glad and the glad media awards and so that was like a big deal for me and then last year the surgeon general gave me a shout out for talking about lgbtqia issues on social media and that was another big moment for me so a lot of it has been social media related but i think at the end of the day just like being able to connect with these organizations with a lot of great people in the community has been very rewarding looking back would he have done anything differently In any context of that question, I always feel like I wouldn't be where I am today without a lot of the experiences that I've had. So it's hard for me to say that I'd like to change anything. Obviously, there were difficult times that maybe I wish weren't so difficult. But at the same time, if I didn't experience those lows, I wouldn't be able to recognize some highs in life. So not a whole lot. I, I would say I'm grateful for a lot of those experiences that weren't so great because without them, I probably wouldn't be where I am today in a lot of different uh, regards. So no, I don't think that I would necessarily do things differently, I'd say. (laughs) There may be things that I would want to do differently moving forward that I'm still learning and kind of like, I don't want to say like experimenting, but sort of like exploring different approaches and paths and you know, I've always prided myself in wanting to just be open-minded about different perspectives and different approaches to life and continuing to learn every day. What does he want his life to look like in the future? Learn more about myself. I want to settle down with someone hopefully one day and create a family, explore the world and do, do all the great things. <laughs> That's really the ultimate goal, I'd say. I mean, I hope that I can still be someone who can share my experience with others and potentially 
help people out, you know, who may be struggling with their identity or have doubts about, you know, how this is going to affect their life, their career, whatever it might be. There are people along the way who showed me that it can be done and I, I, I want to be that for other people as well. From a career perspective, obviously, I'd love to continue doing what I'm doing and see where, well, what greater heights it takes me to and what sort of impact I can have both in my specific industry and field, especially within the field of gastroenterology. It's only in recent years that we've had a community that's been open and speaking out and very kind of visible. And so I'm proud to be a part of that community. He has a bit of advice for all of us. You do you and, you know, don't um, let anyone else try to squash your dreams or get in the way of what you want to do or who you want to be. I feel like many of us have had a lot of people saying no and trying to get in the way of our hopes and dreams. And if you stick to what you believe in and what you're passionate about, whether it's career, whether it's your identity, whether it's just any other sort of personal interest that you have, stick to it. And I think in this day and age, it's easier than ever to find that community and link up with them. Do you feel a connection? Like I said, I always want to put myself out there as a resource. So if anyone wants to, you know, chat with me about this, like feel free to find me on the internet. I'm pretty easy to find. <laughs> it's basically my name everywhere uh, on every platform. I can't be the first one who's gone through a lot of the struggles that I've been through and certainly not the last. And so always happy to have a conversation about myself, about my career, anything. This podcast is produced by me at Open Roads Media LLC and features new episodes each month. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and share with your friends. We do love hearing from you. Tell us how this podcast has impacted your life. Go to our website where you can record a voice message. We may include it in a future episode of Gay in America. We do need your help to keep this podcast going. Your support helps us inspire more people in our community. Thank you so much for listening to the Gay in America podcast and keep coming back for more inspiring stories about being gay in America. <laughs>